Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What You Talking About. I am super excited that today we are joined by Matt Torres. He is the co-owner and head coach at Brute Strength, one of the biggest training camps within the CrossFit world at the moment with athletes such as Fisa Garfi, Darlin Pepper and Danielle Brandon. We chat about his coaching career and how he made Brute what it is today, as well as all the events coming up, including UK's Fit Fest and Wadapalooza. It's a really great episode with some great coaching tips and advice thrown in as well. As always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to be the first to hear all about our new episodes and content. Enjoy! Matt, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? Wonderful. It's a great, uh, great weather over here. Yeah, I'm very jealous. I'm looking and I'm like, the sun's shining. I'm sat here with a blanket on. <laughs> like how I know you've had like a super, super busy few months. So like, and you've got a very busy few months ahead, um, as you've just mentioned to me. So how how are you? Like, how are things? Uh, you know, the the start of our season is always unique. There's always a like almost a reshuffling of the cards. Everyone is, you know, we're going over everyone's goals. Uh, there's there's usually like this ramp up of, you know, the athletes doing their work responsibilities outside of training at this time of the year. And then at the same time as that's coming to an end, we're kind of ramping up and getting into uh, our like start of our like normal, like in season type of training. Uh, and then all at the same time, you know, we're moving right now, going almost six hours north to uh, Northern Florida. Uh, so I would probably say it's as normal as it can be with the addition of a move. And then some of the athletes are going to train over uh, at the Fit Fest in, uh, in the UK. So, um, you know, I guess like busy, but I guess that's normal. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like there's so much talk about like off season, but actually so much happens within that time. And it feels like people are actually busy. And it's funny you say about like work commitments, because I think that's one of the things within the sport that's massively changed, particularly over the past few years, is that actually these athletes don't just train. They've got to do a lot of, of other stuff as well. How do like as a coach, do you just have to work with each person individually to try and fit that all in? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, they're in a very fortunate situation, like you know, just taking a look at the athletes that were invited out to Fit Fest, you know, uh, gosh, 12 athletes, I think there's three teams, um, maybe 15 in total. And if you look at the whole, you know, scope of the sport, there's a lot of amazing athletes out there. Uh, and so, it, you know, the athletes with Brute, they're just very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to, to do that. And, you know, we take it with a lot of excitement. Uh, it's good that these athletes are at a time in their career where they can go do that. Um, and, you know, I always tell them, go take advantage of it. Training, you know, you miss a week of training because of travel. It's not going to make or break your season, you know, um, that uh, it's nice to be able to have that. And so when we have to program around things like that, to be honest, it's easier than what you might think because it's like, they just train right through it for this competition that's coming up. It's not a, um, it's not like, uh, 
you know, a Wadapalooza or a uh, semifinal to them, it's, you know, they're going in there as teams. It's basically just like what we would label a showcase style uh, competition. Um, so, you know, if they don't hit their PRs, if they're not moving as fast as they possibly could, you know, at this time of the year, we're not really worried about it. Mm -hmm. Do you use it? Because obviously the timing of it, we're kind of three months-ish out from the beginning of the season. Do you use a competition like this as to figure out where they're at? Or is it just like, no, you guys go have fun, use it. Or do you use it to your advantage? It's more of what uh, the second part is, is like, go have fun and enjoy it. Uh, Wadapalooza for, like, for example, James Sprague, Wadapalooza will be that. Uh, for Fisagafi, Wadapalooza will be that. You know, it's it's in it's in state. Uh, it's a lot easier. There's not a change of uh, time zones. You know, if Fit if Fitfest was was that, uh, they would head over a week or so or a week or two early, um, and it would be something where there's almost more of a ramp up. Um, but you know, like any other competition. If there's a moment in there to learn, we'll learn from it and we'll make an adjustment leading into the, the competition that, you know, that actually has a little bit more um, meaning, I think, for them, like a Wadapalooza is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to dive into all of that in a little bit, but I want to talk about like your journey first. It's a question I ask absolutely everyone that sits in front of me. How did you find CrossFit? <laughs> Uh, so this was back in, I think, 2009. Uh, I was back home from college. And one of the bars that I would go into, um, like, maybe like four units down, there was a CrossFit gym in there. And I just remember it was nighttime. Um, and I remember just hearing the weights drop. I think like I could see pull up bars as I was passing by. Um, and I grew up pretty much like in sport and training. And so I had my own interpretation of what I thought proper training was. And as soon as I looked in there, I was like, that is terrible. <laughs> and I just kind of, you know, noted it and took a seat at the bar. And then like, I'd probably say a couple hours later, <clears throat> not knowing that some of my high school friends were in their training at that time, came over to the bar to have a couple of drinks. And we just started talking about it. Um, and so they just dragged me in. I want to say like a day or two later, um, and that was my first introduction. And that was when I was, I was maybe like one year left in college. Um, and I just remember telling my college teammates, I was like, hey, like you should try this. It's really fun. And we would just look up workouts, uh, probably on .com. Um, and we would just kill ourselves. Um, you know, and then one thing led to another. When I came down here about three or four years later uh, from at this point in time, I'm now a member at the gym, um, you know, trying to figure out, do I want to pursue a career in sales or do I want to do this, you know, gym ownership thing? Um, and I decided to, you know, let sales go and do the gym ownership. Um, I thought it'd be something that's rather easy. Uh, and then from that basically sparked this, uh, you know, this, this thing inside of me where it's like, if I, if I can't do the sport of CrossFit in the way that I want to and also have like earn a decent living, uh, I can try my best to coach people to do that. And I just, I enjoyed the, the progress of watching people get better and better. Um, and knowing that I had 
selfishly, I had a hand in helping them do that. Um, you know, one thing led to another, you know, within, gosh, that was probably like 2017 when I started taking it serious as a coach, maybe 2016. Uh, and then we, where we are right now, um, you know, connected with the right people. Um, and I think it's all for the right reasons. You know, if someone, if, if I see someone that's passionate about what they do and they want to get better, um, I have no issue helping them in the same way other people have helped me. Um, you know, and so now, now we're here, you know, 2023, almost 24, uh, you know, going into the 2024 season. And it's amazing, like where my headspace was when I first started programming versus where it's at right now. Um, you know, when you first start programming, you're worried about the progressions making sense. You don't want to injure anybody. You know, you don't want to rip hands. Um, you know, is this really going to work to now in 24? You know, I'm talking about the goals for Dallin about getting onto the podium at the CrossFit Games. And so it's a completely different uh, headspace. But, you know, I think I think we're on on the right track as far as like, you know, the GPS of what I really wanted out of this is it's I think it's aimed in the right direction. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited about this year. That's that's about to come. Yeah, it's going to be a really great season. Did you always, obviously you said like you were always quite sporty. Did you always have that kind of natural leadership coaching element to you as well? So I I don't think so. Like when I was in, um, you know, when I was growing up, I played team sport. And so when you're playing a team sport, your only job is to do your, what in football it would be, there's 11 men playing on offense. And your only goal is to do your one eleventh do your job to the best of your ability. If I was out there worrying about what other people were doing, um, it would take my focus on off of what I was meant to do. And so growing up, I wasn't as vocal. Uh, my leadership skills were just uh, showing that I can do my job exceptionally well, I, I, I would hope. Um, but I was a great listener. Um, I watched how people interacted with the coaches. I watched how the coaches' words would affect some of the players and, you know, positively or negatively. Um, and then when I felt like it was my time, you know, as I started growing up and I knew I needed to say stuff, uh, I would. I would. Um, but I, I would say, like, my persona as an athlete was, you know, you could depend on him to do the right thing, uh, to, you know, to hold – his job down um and you know if people saw in me that you know I was dependent um you know they could depend on me whenever that was pretty much it and then as I kind of like grew out of my shell that's when more of like uh for me it's like it takes it takes a lot to um stand in front of a group of people and know that my my history and my knowledge of what I'm saying out loud comes from a place of confidence because it's worked. If I'm not confident, I won't talk about it. Uh, and when I was growing up, that was a lot of like, I lacked a lot of confidence. So, you know, I was just like, I'll just show, you know? Um, and then as I started getting more comfortable, more comfortable and realizing like, okay, maybe this is something that would work. This is a system that I've naturally found that works for me that maybe other people can take advantage of. Um, and that was when I just became a little bit more vocal about it. 
and you know it's it's something that i guess uh i don't know i'm i've i've benefited a lot from just listening uh and just seeing interactions and understanding those interactions and i think that's really helped me especially with my athletes that i have they're all so so different um that just understanding interactions and uh emotion and motivation uh you know and when to put the gas pedal down when to ease up on it when to allow the athletes to make their own decision and where i need to step in and give them a little bit of confidence perhaps um it's all truly based off of feel and there's really no like manual that i can think of it's just understanding the human yeah i think it's so interesting because particularly with crossfit where there's so many individuals that do so well and you know most of them have different coaches or different training camps or whatever yet they all manage a ver- the same or a very similar kind of achievement throughout the year i'm quite curious obviously you said about the listening as an athlete were you very coachable like were you easily coached yeah i was i was very coachable there's um you know i grew up playing baseball first and i thought that was the thing i was going to do in college um and i don't i don't know if it was just having brothers and sisters i was extremely competitive so when someone was teaching me something i wanted to learn so bad just to beat my brother like i would be outside and i played a lot of sports so i would be outside you know throwing a baseball up against this net that we used to have it would return the ball back and if i knew if i wanted to uh practice a ground ball i needed to hit a very specific target on that net to get a ground ball i knew if i wanted to uh field a backhanded ground ball i'd have to hit a very specific target on that net if i wanted to field a pop fly so i'm out there granted like by myself the sun's going down my brothers and my sisters are probably inside um and i don't know i just wanted to be so much better uh and i i just had this feeling like that was like that was my only way of doing it without bothering other people to come help me um and so again i i i guess i would attribute that to just having brothers and sisters and just wanting to win all the time um you know and so that competitive edge is just something that just stuck with me like when you're you know when you're like 8 and 9 years old and you're out trying to figure things out by yourself without any youtube videos or anything um it like and it starts to work in a smallest way it almost like is ingrained in your in your mind that it's like if i could just go out and do not hard work like you know i'm not out there cutting chopping down a tree um but if i could do smart quality work that's very specific and if i have the energy to do it i will do it um and that's kind of that's that's some of the methodology that i try to push mm-hmm. on to my athletes as well it's like you know this is like a very easy explanation of it is like if you have uh, an athlete or you know yourself you have a uh, a training program that says you have to do like a you know four sets of two snatch at certain percentages uh quality work is you have four sets you don't give yourself 5 6 7 or 8 sets because you keep missing your reps uh you watch your video you figure out why you only have four sets and you move right along right and it's like that right there even though you may have misses there is quality in those reps and you only have a certain amount of energy and efficient quality work left in the tank 
that if you think willpower is just going to push you through every single day and science is not going to take over at some point and your body's going to slow you down, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then you have another thing coming for you. But that's really what it is for us is like quality, smart, efficient work. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny the way you were speaking about like playing baseball, you're like that as a coach, <laughs> you obviously had it in you from a very young age. Um, so going like forward a little bit, you own an affiliate, you're a gym owner, you've got to this point. How do you make that move from just being a bot, like an affiliate owner to then, I mean, obviously I know it was a period of time, but that initial switch to being like, right, okay, actually I've, I've got something here as a coach. I can start training elite athletes. This is going to the next level. Like, how did you make that switch? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be the best at it. And it was my, it was like my burst of energy. So admittedly, one of the most difficult things to do is once you get your quote unquote, like certification at the thing you want to be really good at, then you have to put it into play and you have to be okay with knowing that you're not going to be super efficient or good at what you do quite yet. So that was probably the biggest like gap that I had to make up was, okay, I got this certification. It was like $1,200. You know, I had to put it on a credit card. I had like no other options to do it. Uh, but I thought to myself, and I was just doing the math. I was like, okay, if I'm paying my coach $275 a month when I was trying to get CrossFit programming and I'm just doing the math, I'm like, I should be able to get this back in X amount of time. Perfect. But what ends up happening is you get your certification and you're like, okay, that was that. And you're just like, what do I do now? Like, where do I even start? Like, how do I even begin? Once I like said to myself, like, let me just try my best just to get through. And I got through that gap right there. Then it became this thing of like, okay, this is my work duties at the gym. I have two athletes. And then two of these athletes are not even paying me quite yet. I'm just like, I'm trying to become a better coach. I'm going to see if I can be better. And so at, in the, during the daytime, I'm, you know, doing my owner, my owner and my work duties for the gym. And anytime I can, I'm at my computer and I have my, you know, my book with me that has my certification notes in there. And it's like, I'm programming and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, it's not right. And I would like delete program. And so two people would take me like, maybe like two hours to program like six total days. So three on one person, three on another. And then a little at a time, things just started sticking. Um, you know, if I want to get this type of strength adaptation from somebody, I know that I'm going to do this. Uh, this this rep with this much rest uh, and I can progress that forward and it started just to come on a little bit easier like anything does at, you know for your work um, and then next thing you know it's like two years later I have 10 athletes and I'm like okay I have still work duties I have my 10 athletes I'm kind of I'm comfortable now I'm kind of in the groove with it um, let me see what this is like and it just in a very natural way you start to build up one end because you find this new passion and this other thing that you did love for four five, six years, it's just kind of like, it's so automated that it's like, it's not really challenging me in the ways I would like to. Uh, programming for CrossFit is extremely challenging because there's never a um, consistent, like, uh, like, um, uh, test. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in football, you know that each play is going to run roughly between four and maybe like six seconds. 
you need to be explosive. You need to be laterally explosive, you know? So this is the type of training that you need, but in CrossFit, it's like, there's so many different avenues that go down. And I actually like that. Like I need to understand why behind a lot of things. Um, sometimes it's good. Like most of the time that's good when it comes to training. Sometimes it's not as good in like in relationship. Like I don't need to understand the why and everything. Um, but that's kind of like what drove me. And then, you know, the, the next big thing is like, okay, I'm actually doing really good at this now. And, you know, and, you know, that was like five years later after I had my first athlete, I finally had one athlete that was pretty good. Uh, and he was a teenager and he was 15, just turning 16. It was Dallin. And I was like, okay, like what happens now? You know? And then Dallin, then James came on, then Tudor came on. I was helping uh, Haley Adams when she was a brute athlete back in the day um, at competitions. And it was like, all of a sudden I have all these teenagers and I have like all these teenagers and like in my DM asking me to coach them. And I'm like, this is like, I'm good with four teenagers. Like eight of them <laughs> is just a little crazy. Um, Cause half the time you got to just talk them off of like doing everything every single day. And like, I'm just like, just go be a normal human. Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah so like I guess in a very long-winded answer it's just uh it's 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 a very natural thing you know you just find a, a passion in something and you stick to it and you just you just enjoy those moments and you know you like to me I get I'm so appreciative of the position and opportunity that I'm in that I like I remember I would drive uh, to like a coffee shop and I would just be like oh, I gotta have like two hours of programming a straight programming and as I'm driving I just remember the days where in the summertime in Florida it's like 98 degrees like I used to have to go knock on doors and talk about um, payroll and um, you know tax information with small businesses and I would be in a suit and tie and I'd be sweating so much and I'd probably told no like 90% of the time just for that one yes 10% of the time and I'm like damn I better be grateful for this man because I'm like going to a coffee shop I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts and I just have to sit in there and do work in some nice air conditioner it's <laughs> like yeah those that's the that's the kind of like the uh the realism that I'll speak to myself yeah and it's it, it's so as you say like it's so natural but actually when it's that natural sometimes I think we forget that like there's a passion in it and there's so much in it that we've worked for um but it's mm -hmm. funny you mentioned about the teenagers because it's something I wanted to ask you is that like so I assume you didn't really plan to have a bunch of teenagers training with you like mm -mm. and as you say they are I mean they are so incredible what these guys do but also is it kind of like as you say like they they don't live the most normal of lives because they are doing so much training, but also they have so much energy and they maybe don't get injured as much and they do all these incredible mm. things. Is it kind of hard to, to rein them in, in a sense? Yeah. You know, the, with, with teenagers and looking back at it now, I think as long as the teenagers are just living a normal, like, when I when living a normal life, not like getting into trouble or, you know, going out and like making dumb decisions, but more so like being involved in a, uh, a community, whether it's the community of friends in their neighborhood, 
whether it's a community of friends at school or a community of friends at like another sport, like don't shut everything out to pursue this one thing. Like don't shut out the natural growth process of a human being to put all your eggs in the basket of training by yourself, um, thinking that that's going to make things go any quicker. Um, you know, cause what, what you end up finding is you're not going to be a CrossFit athlete for very long and you have to go right back into the real world and deal with all those new emotional issues that you had no idea you had, uh, because all you did was loved what you did every single day. Like I always think of things like when we're teenagers, like how nervous I was to ask a, a girl to a school dance and how uncomfortable that was. But I didn't want to be sitting in, you know, my room by myself and everyone is going out to the dance. So I forced myself to look what I felt looked like a dummy to go ask that girl. And it like, it, it makes a, such a positive emotional impact when you're told yes or no. But the fact that you just you went out and did it, you know, like if I didn't have when I was in college, I went up to like northern uh you know, up in Michigan from Florida, to Michigan, it's like night and day difference. I didn't really know much, but I was, I had, I had to go out and say hello to people, um, you know, and then as these teenagers are coming, I told this to Micah as well, the, the other owner of Brood, I was like, I don't plan on bringing another teenager down. They're not moving unless they're going to school or they have another job. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it, these teenagers, they're only ever going to be remote. And it's like, I don't want to be responsible for changing a human uh, in, a, in, in, in a way that is, could potentially be like a negative impact on their life. Um, uh, yeah, I want to create a great athlete, but I also want to have like someone that can go out into like the real world and have just like normal casual conversations or, you know, be okay with taking a day off of training and like go enjoy a day somewhere like you know being okay that if they would like to go out and hang out with their friends that they're not going to feel so terrible that like work is going to like it consumes their life and that's that's kind of like what i think of now as teenagers because you know three four years ago or more i was never thinking about that i was just like let me just try to create the next best crossfitter because yeah. there's there's so much potential there but so much can be lost as well right um mm -hmm. how because obviously a lot of the guys that you've coached you've followed through on this journey they were they were teenagers athletes and now they are literally just smashing life as a elite individual mm -hmm. how or well firstly I suppose does the the kind of programming and the training change and if so, how much from those different divisions? Because the te like the teenagers nowadays are just yeah. unbelievable. But obviously it it does kind of kick up a notch. So how does that change from your perspective? Yeah. So one question I would always get first in my DMs on Instagram from a teenager was, I'm not strong enough. I need to get strong. And I'm like, I know. They're like you and every other teenager in the world, right? <laughs> It's like, first of all, you haven't even hit puberty yet. So we're going to, we're going to attempt to get you strong, but you know, we, we can try that. So that's like the main goal is we got to get them strong. And then depending on their background, uh, you work on the other thing. So an example would be like James Sprague was uh, endurance, right? So for him, he's like, 
it was very apparent that he needs to get strong in a lot of different areas. And then you think of Dallin. Uh, Dallin was a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more range. Uh, and you didn't need to be like, you know, at this point in time, like you didn't need to be running a fast 5K. You just, you know, it's just these other teenagers, it was nothing crazy. But the moment that they crossed from 18-year-old to or 17 into 18, 19, and 20, it then becomes this thing of like, okay, where is your biggest hole compared to the grownups? Um, and you just have to quickly feel those, fill the gaps, but then also be real, realistic with them that it's like, okay, now we're with the adults. Uh, this year is not anything that we're striving. We're not going to put pressure on ourselves to try to make it into the, you know, um, regionals, I believe was still happening, or maybe even sanctionals was happening at that time. Um, and so you just have to speak in a very realistic way where it's like, if it happens, it happens. If it's not, then no worries. Um, like this year is not the year, you know? Uh, and like now I can tell you with, uh, with Dallin, it's okay. If we ran faster, like if let's say our 5k was a 19, a sub 19, there's a high likelihood that Dallin's sitting on the podium as a 22 year old or a 21 year old at that time. And it's like, it's wild to think that like, you know, he greatly has improved so much at such a rapid pace that when he was 18 years old, he's like, how is Velner doing this? How's Fikowski doing that? How is this person lifting that much? Or how are they running that? And that was like, what, three years ago, four years ago. And it's like, he's made up this such a large gap. And it's like, now it's like seconds uh reps like just a couple reps here and there um and so now it's like how can we keep on filling these gaps um you know and to be honest it's almost easier to program right now because i can see it like when they're when they're getting like top eights top fives you can very clearly see what they need to be working on mm -hmm. because prior when he was a teenager it was like okay we got to be faster here we got to be stronger there we got to be um you know we got to be able to hold on longer here we got to be able to do these odd objects there and it was just like so much yeah. um where now it's like okay this is why I didn't podium because I was not able to run you know it's I'm oversimplifying it but yeah you know no it's interesting that actually the better you are the easier it is to to well find the gaps but um as as a coach and this is a a very wider question because I'm sure it's a case-by-case -case basis we obviously are seeing more now people that are in the team competition and they are still qualifying for team competition but they're also potentially qualifying for individual if you had an athlete that qualified for both like what or like in the future what would you recommend like is there would you say kind of stick out in the team division one more time like what's your opinion mm -hmm. on that so the way we like to work is we're here as guides for the athletes. Um, we probably, we let it, the athlete decide, um, you know, if they were to say, you know, Matt, like choose for me, I don't know. I would simply just weigh out the pros and cons and then still make them choose their own path. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, here's the thing. If the athlete chooses to do this thing, it's on them, right? If they choose not to do this, it's also on them. 
I'm here to guide them to be able to make the best possible choice for themselves. Um, you know, it's like at the end of the day, it's, it's them, you know, uh, now, if it were up to me, I would just say, go for, you know, if you can make it as a CrossFit Games, do it. Like, as an individual, do it. You want to know why? It's like, uh, what you could potentially gain from it, from a, uh, like, a monetary standpoint, from your potential change in income the following year, the more you can show your face, the better. And it's like, even more so now, it's like, if if now i do believe that there's going to be less and less and less like far less teens that are getting into individual it's like the teens that the the girls specifically that got in they're like they close the gap and it's almost like they plug like the cork back in the wine bottle and it's mm -hmm. like there's no more room for anyone um you know because they're just that much better and and like that's how i see it happening um, but if you have the opportunity to do it, especially the way the games are now, where it's only individual and teams, it might even put you on a bigger spotlight to say like, hey, this person is like 18 or this person's 19 years old. And they're up here with people that are like 22 to you know 28 years old on average, maybe a little bit older on some cases. Uh, and I think that's an incredible thing to uh, to show a spotlight on. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of times I watch like the games, I'm like, they're 17. <laughs> I'm just mm. like I it just baffles me but it's really yeah. interesting you say that and I think you're right especially now with all the changes um and it's just getting harder and harder to qualify like just sheerly because of the incredible incredible athleticism out there um so yeah it's really interesting you say that um so let's let's go into it then we are as I say a few months out from the 2024 season lots of changes happening you are moving as you say like what's kind of the vibe at the moment like what's going on <laughs> getting ready for mm -hmm. the start of the season which has just come around so quick yeah so over here at brute you know everyone just wants to find a home that's you know they can see themselves there for a while and it's it is very stressful on the athletes to be able to um, put the amount of energy that they throw into their work on a daily basis and then also be moving, you know, it's significantly, uh, you know, distance, even though it's still all in the same state, it's, you know, just under six hour drive to get to and from where we're at and where we're going to go. Um, and so everyone is just really excited just to call Jacksonville home, um, be able to train in a bigger facility, right? So last year it worked out very well for us, but our facility was, you know, it fit safely three people training at the same time. And it looked like uh, like a box car is the easiest way to describe it. Um, everyone had to talk to one another and communicate and say like, hey, I'm gonna be doing this, where are you gonna be? And like, oh, I'm gonna shift my bar this way or I'm gonna put my box that way. And, um, you know, they talk about like, they really enjoyed that environment because it just felt like it was like very, um, like, in like uh, individualized. Like not only that, but everyone was like, feeding off the energy of one another, which sometimes would be bad, but a lot of times it was good. Um, but now we're going to be moving in a spot that's like maybe like five or six times the size of that, um, which is, I believe is going to be much better because it's going to allow the opportunity for, you know, for us to have another coach on site and for them to have two athletes for themselves. Um, you know, because what we want to do ultimately is 
have uh, a company, an environment, a training facility for all of our top athletes in the world to come in and do their own individualized work, but around like-minded people. Um, and I think that's really what separates us from other companies is, you know, we're not in there forcing these people to train against each to compete every single day. Um, you know, it's just come in and train and be around people that would want the same type of uh, progress and uh, very goal-driven and goal-oriented individuals being around each other. And if you can, you know, harness off, off, off of uh, other people's energy, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the energy to bring it that day, but you know, your training buddy does, that's amazing. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. We, you know, we always plan out our season with our athletes. We know what competitions they're going to do team, what competitions they're going to do individual, uh, what their goals are for this year versus last year. Um, you know, and, you know, come January, it just, it feels like it's a train that, that cannot stop. You know, everyone, like, at this time of the year, people are still doing their vacations. You know, people are, like, Fee just was in, like, Mexico, like, a few weeks back. Um, you know, uh, Dallin is going over to Utah to go visit. Uh, you know, Danielle is going over to the UK every other weekend, it seems like, for for Rad. Uh, like, all these things are happening. Um, and it's very amazing that it, that it is. But then when January comes it's like very like small points of travel and it just like the season's off and running. How does the, like at what point in the season does the programming change or does it? Like, is there a switch? Mm -hmm. Is it before the open, like before semifinals? Like at what point do you kind of sit down and go, right, okay, let's go. Yeah. There's usually a big shift in the programming when we get, to uh like quarterfinals and that's typically just to prepare for semifinals uh and really what that that major shift is is it looks more like crossfit like what people would think of traditional like metcons is essentially what it is uh because prior to that um it's a lot of uh like interval style work um and it's it like the best way to describe it is it, like if you've done track before you know, in, in your, uh, your races, let's say like the open 400 meter, um, you don't just go out and just every day compete against other random people in the 400 meter. It's like, that's not going to get you better. Uh, but you know, working out of the blocks, um, you know, working your steps out of the blocks, um, you know, your finishing kick, uh, your splits, you know, you're, you're trying to drive, uh, more aerobic power but you also have to continue to push your, uh, your um, anaerobic threshold a little bit more. So if you think about all those, and there's so much more that goes into it, but if you just think about those few uh, little potential places of adaptation and training, that's how we take it in this sport. So then we got to bring it all together and be like, all right, guys, we did you know five months of this style of training. Now we got to throw it into action. Like, what does this look like now that we have you know, a faster, you know, 2K row, or what does it look like now that we're, you know, running a faster 5K, or now that we can clean and jerk 355 pounds, like, what does that look like in action? Um, and it's usually right around quarterfinals when we start to throw that in, because uh, it's like two months of it, and that's really all they need, get into semifinals, 
and then semifinals, boom, round of games training, which is like just a continuation of it. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting, like when you put it into perspective like that, that actually it's, and I think it's again, something that we all forget about, like the majority of us who go into our box and just do like whatever's on the whiteboard that day, but actually there's so much thought <laughs> and preparation. Yeah. Um, something that obviously, I know you mentioned earlier, like why you love kind of CrossFit is because there's so much to it. How does it affect you when they create slash throw in new movements, new things? Like, how do you adapt to that before your, I suppose, probably before your athletes adapt to it, right? Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's times where implements will come in and we simply don't know. But if we can get our hands on something, we really do try to do it as quickly as possible. And my athletes are very open to um, me learning with them um you know like an example would be uh the parallel bars for gymnastics like and even like maybe like wall facing strict handstand push-ups like those are all things that traditionally is not stuff that we've seen um but if there's a way to figure out how to do them uh more efficiently then we're gonna we're gonna try our best to do it um and even like for example like we saw parallel 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 bar um, uh, like support like walks not this year's games but the last year's games um, and then this year I was like man what what could this potentially turn into and it's like maybe they try to turn it around and they're going like down and back and it's like like we, we took like two weeks figuring out that one and then everyone started picking it up and it was fun and then lo and behold we show up to the games and one of the workouts is down and back and I'm like, holy smokes, I didn't think that was going to happen, but good thing it is. And good thing we picked it up, you know? So it's like, there is an aspect to this game where you do have to think in the minds of these programmers of how can this become, you know, progressed? Can this get a little bit more difficult? How would they consider doing it? Um, you know, and then just having an open mind that I, if I can't do the coaching well enough, I will find someone that can. You know, I'll get on the phone with someone that can, that can help me. Um, and, you know, we'll figure it out together. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And, well, I mean, good job you were prepared because, yeah, <laughs> that came up. Um, you've obviously got a lot going on for this season. I'm going to let you go very shortly. But is there anything in particular um, before the games, like that you're excited to just see with your athletes or anything coming up that you think, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be fun? Uh, honestly, I think just having the ability to uh, go through this journey with them on a day to day basis, um, you know, and that is the fun part is learning together, you know, for each athlete, it's, you know, it's very unique to have something that shows up like, for example, like, with Dallin, I can tell you that, you know, if there is a, a running event that shows up, which there's a high likelihood that it will be. I am super excited to see him uh, do that, right? To make sure that we are getting um, the proper progress that we want to see. And so that, that right there is something where it's like being able to get a, uh, uh, you know, a gauge of what, of what that'll be, um, you know, in, uh, on the playing field is always exciting to, to see it, you know, in that regard, as far as like, you know, is the is the training really going to pay off mm -hmm. yeah is there anything that you you're like 
currently I don't want to see <laughs> in the open. Yeah, not necessarily. There's nothing. There's nothing ever that we don't that we're ever afraid of seeing. Yeah. You know, that's and that's just the nature of the sport. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to let you go soon, but I do have to ask you some quick fire questions that I ask absolutely everyone. So you can choose to answer these either as a coach or as an athlete. Um, but okay. your your favorite lift? Um, I'd probably say uh, snatch. Oh, normally the answer. And I always find this because people are good at it. <laughs> Anyone who's not. Yeah. That, no. um, favorite overall CrossFit movement, old or new? <laughs> um wobbles uh favorite benchmark wad man it's been a while um i'd probably say as of right now there's been a lot of emphasis on this so i'd probably just say like a 5k run <laughs> fair enough yeah or not like a 4.61 kilometer run <laughs> or whatever it is and yeah. um, and I know you obviously work with some of the best athletes in the world but if you could build a dream team to go to the games who would you have on it oh man I mean there's I mean there's a lot of amazing names there's I would say this like I wouldn't change anyone that I have currently right now because uh, I have goals for them and they have goals for themselves that I think that they that are very attainable um you know I really love the team that we have so I truly would not I don't think I would change anyone, um, but we're, I mean, I'm always open to adding people to it, but off the top of my head, who would it be? I mean, like it's, it's tough enough already to train these guys. So I don't know if I'd be prepared to bring on, you know, someone for, to, to be coaching myself. So I would have to stick with my team right now. Amazing. And actually on the back of that, this isn't one of my quick fire questions, but there was a lot of like random talk about training camps going up against each other. Like, would you be keen for that? Would you be down for that? How would you feel? Oh, for sure. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they kind of do it. The athletes already do it already in a way. Yeah. I think that is definitely something we're going to be seeing (laughs) probably soon rather than later. Uh, But thank you so, so much for your time, Matt. It's been so great to chat and wishing you and all the guys all the best for the season. Thank you so much for having me.